0: Thank you, worship team. Can we give them my hand, please? And I would like, excuse me, I would like to second that Thanksgiving on Wednesday. Like, that way you can give your undivided attention on Thursday to football. (laughs) Giving thanks to football. Three games, and you can eat the Thanksgiving food as poo poos on Thursday, (laughs) so there's less cleanup. And as an introvert, you can just stay home and do that, too, you know? But thank you, guys. Um, good morning. My name is Jensen Kalua, and I am part of the preaching team here at Wellspring Church. Um, the past uh, 11 weeks, we've been going through a series called At the Table. Um, you're invited. God's Table, you're invited. And part of the reason why reasons why we're doing this is to bring... Um, to bring something, each of us, to bring something to Jesus' table and to be more open in what we have to share, some experiences that we have, as well as some hopes and dreams. Um, it's also to bridge the gap between people who have been here for a while and who, people who are new to this community. As well as going beyond the community and serving um, um, organizations like HUGS and other groups too as well. And just bringing what we got to the table to build God's kingdom. We saw throughout this series, um, we learned about different different uh, characters or different people from different backgrounds, diverse backgrounds, and what they brought to the table and how what they found at the table as well, and what God had done through them. And today we pick up in the book of Malachi. Um, we're going to go from chapter two verse seventeen all the way to chapter three verses one to six. and I have a confession to make up until Sunday night. I I planned my sermon two weeks ahead of time, and I had a sermon prepared for Micah 6-8 instead of Malachi. So um, I had to do a whole new sermon this week, the busiest week of the year for us. So it's part, of, it's part of my fault. I saw the M, and I saw justice, and Micah is usually tied with justice and mercy and all that. So I'm like, okay, I got it. I didn't read the full context, yeah? It's important that we get the full context, especially with God's Word. But I have uh, ADD when I'm reading and I skim through things. And ADD stands for Attention Deficit. Where was I now? (laughs) But uh, we're going to pick up in uh, Malachi chapter 2, verse 17. And before we go any further, let's open with prayer. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you speak to us. And that you would reveal your word to us, Lord. I pray that we would not only hear what your word says, but we would do what your word says as well. Challenge us, sharpen us, cleanse us, build us up for your kingdom purposes. In Jesus' name, Amen. But Malachi two seventeen, it says here, "You have wearied the Lord with your words. How have we wearied him? You ask. By saying all who are evil." Are good in the eyes of the Lord, and all who is and he is pleased with them, or where is this God of justice? What we have here is the last book of the Old Testament, not the tenth to last book of the Old Testament, but uh we there's a transition here, and we're gonna be the quiet years for hundred years where God doesn't or four hundred years where God doesn't speak to anybody through prophets. And Malachi is prophesying what is going on here. And the people are waiting. They just got finished building the temple. And now they're waiting for God to return to the temple or fill the temple. I think their expectations were a little different than what God had planned. They're expecting someone to come and conquer their enemies. Same with we find in the, uh, the Gospels, that the people were expecting a conquering Savior versus one who's coming to lay his life down as a Prince of Peace. But the people are they're waiting for God's presence to return and they start to question God's love and justice. And this is where they begin to compromise. They also begin to make up their own truths, saying that all who do evil are good in the eyes of the Lord. Well, that's not a full-on lie, but God loves everyone. But they're starting to compromise what is and what is not of God. And I see that a lot today. Um, you see. Churches compromising for the sake of building numbers. We see them compromising just so that they're more attractive. Um, you go on social media and there's all kinds of truth out there now. And it's it's hard to talk with people about what truth really is because you look like a bigot or a Bible thumper or all all these kind of things now. But uh we we see how God's word is starting to be twisted, especially amongst our keiki. Um I have two teenagers now. Thankfully, I think they're on the straight path, straight and narrow path with some twists and turns and um elbows and drop kicks, but I think they're pretty good. Um, but talking to them sometimes is I, I see them how how people influence them, school curriculums, other people out there, and it's so easy to get twisted and, and turned around from what God is really saying. Malachi is pointing out here that um, The problem is not the lack of God's love or justice for them, but it's the lack of their love and justice. They they basically they're throwing a tantrum. Like God, we expected this. We want you here and now. We want you to overcome everything. We want to feel your presence. We want to experience you right now. But we're not getting that, Lord. So, when, what we what are we going to do? We're going to be pouty, pouty Israelites or or kids. And He confronts them. He's telling them, "Well, this is what's going to happen." And what? They didn't get to see the Messiah, obviously. Later on, 400 years ago, uh, after that, Jesus is born. So the first point I want to make is at God's table, we are confronted by our faults. At God's table, we are confronted by our faults. Now, this is a good thing as well, right? We want to know what, what we can change in our lives. We want to be open to correction from God. The table is a, time, is a place to eat, it's a place to plan. It's a place to learn, a place to grow, but it's also a place to get confronted. My dad loved confronting me at, at tables, the outside table in the garage. Growing up, I was a little bit kolohe, um, or mischievous, or rambunctious, or a punk. Uh, back then, we had you know, the telephone. We had to share it with anybody else. We had to take turns talking on the phone. And... My teenage sister at that time, she loved talking on the phone. Me, I I can have a quick conversation. I just need to know what's going on with my friends. And she loved to talk story with her friends forever. And if you had the wonder phone, then you can hear a call coming in. There's a beep or something like that, right? Um, And then I heard her say, oh, hang on to her friend. She answered the other lines like, oh, he can't talk right now. Hung up on my friend. I'm like, I'm waiting because they're going to pick me up, you know? So we start getting into argument. My dad gets mad. He cuts our phone line. Like, he literally climbed the telephone pole and cut the phone line. He's a high-voltage electrician, so he knows how to manipulate things up there. But he also called GTE at that time and canceled our phone service, which was, which was really bad. And so no, I had to ride a bike to my friend's house to see if he's going to pick me up later on. But uh, I go to school the next day, and I I put myself... In a study hall program for sports because I didn't have the GPA to play football that year. So I, I put myself in this study hall f- to be accountable with this teacher that, that loved and cared for me and my grades. Well, she put me on a dog tag and I had to get the teachers to sign every period that I went through, how I was, what the homework was, and this and that. She had to sign it and she turned it into my dad. That day, I knew that my phone line was cut so they can't call the house. So I just went out of terror with everybody. And I went to her class and she's like, these aren't, your, these aren't the teacher's signatures, you forged them. I'm like, yeah, and what, what are you gonna do about it? She's like, I wanna call your dad. I'm like, go ahead, call my dad. And then I gave her some choice words after that. And then she's like, you're gonna get in so much trouble. I'm like, here. I threw my paper, I walked away, went home. And my dad sitting at his table outside Said, oh, we we got to talk about um, a fundraiser for football. We're going on a trip. He's like, oh, I just want to let you know that we're doing good. You're going to be going to the Big Island to play football in a camp this year. I'm like, yes, I'm all excited. He's like, oh, I got good news too. I'm like, what is that? He's all, I restored the phone line. I kid you not, at that moment, the phone rang. And he answered the phone. He's like, this is him. I'm like, dad, whatever she's saying, she's lying. She's evil, this and that. He's like, oh, really? He said, oh, he said that? oh click and I just looked at him like dad she's full of it dad she's full of it and he's all oh you called her this you called her that you forged signatures and this and that and you ripped your dog tag up and oh yeah it was was a it was I was confronted by my faults at that table big time that day but at God's table we are confronted by our faults in today's society what are some great areas or reflection question? What are some great areas or sin that's tolerated by God's people? What are some some areas um, great areas of sin that is tolerated by God's people? Let's moving on uh, moving on to Malachi three verse one. <clears throat> See, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly, the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple the messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come says the lord almighty for reference to that he's talking about john the baptist preparing the way for the birth of jesus and um it's found in luke chapter 1 verses 1 to 23 the point here is we can never be prepared or we can never be ready for the return of christ and his second advent is upon us we 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 celebrate and we worship him for his his first coming, but the second advent is upon us. And are we ready? This a reflection question. Are you ready for the Lord's return? How are you preparing? Are you helping others as well? If I'm being honest, sometimes I don't want to, I don't, I'm not ready for a Christ return. To be honest with you, like there's other things that I feel like I want to get done in life first. And there's things that I want to, I want to see happen. There's things that, that, that I still, I'm just not ready sometimes. And as a Christian, it's super convicting because we need to anticipate Christ's return. Once we get to heaven with him, it's going to be greater than anything we ever experienced here on earth. So are you prepared for his return? How are you preparing? And are you helping others prepare as well? The other thing too that I really, that stands out to me is suddenly. Suddenly. You guys remember the book or the movie Left Behind or the book The Left Behind series? If you saw that movie, you know, planes were crashing, cars were crashing into different things. And um, it was just insane. In 2001, I believe, we're watching this at my church, this movie, and it was at night at Kylo High School uh, cafeteria. We had a few hundred people there. There was a football game going on for Kylo High School. And in the middle of the rapture in the movie, like, right when everybody got raptured, all the elect- electricity went out. Everywhere. The football lights went out. Everything it was pitch black. and I remember just sitting there, speechless, freaked out. I was freaked out. And I, for at least a good 30 seconds, it was totally quiet. I think everybody think they got raptured or something that, that night. And I heard <clears throat> hear somebody said, Oh, bro, anybody else here or what? <laughs> <clears throat> and you hear somebody go, oh yeah i'm here it's like where are we <laughs> i don't know i don't think this is heaven <laughs> and then we all started laughing and realized the electri- electricity went out and yeah the people at the football field are freaking out too and it took a few minutes for the lights to go back on and we all just look at each other okay anybody missing in their seats like if somebody's missing then we got some repenting to do right now but it 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 scared us, but at that moment, like we realized that Christ's return could be like that. I just hope it's not during a football game that's really important or anything like that. The a Super Bowl. He could go all the... Praise the Lord. But uh, we, uh, at, at God's table, next point, we anticipate Christ's return. At God's table, we anticipate Christ's return. Malachi chapter 2, uh, 3 verses 2 to 6. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. The Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness. And offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be accept- acceptable to the Lord as in the days gone by, as in former years. I, the Lord, do not change. So you, O descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your forefathers, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you. If you guys want to highlight that part in your Bible, return to me and I will return to you or in your notes. That's a promise. Or I think uh, what the kids say nowadays after that is bet. I think, which means fosho or Raja or 104 or something like that. But return to me and I will return to you. This is the grace of God. Through it all, through all the complaining, the moping and and, and the questioning and and the anger, the twisting of his truth, He still says at the end of this all, he says, "You have not, you have turned away from my word. You have not kept kept them. Basically, you have rejected me." But the word that changes everything. But if you return to me, I will return to you. Jesus has come, had come to cleanse us and purify us and sanctify us. And I know part of it, part of our rebellion at times, is that we have we have habits, we have hurts and hangups, things that are unfulfilled, things that we we gave to him expecting a different kind of return and it's not what we want. And we we get disappointed by that. And we, we kind of like say, okay, hey God, I'm going to do it on my own because I gave you a chance to, to do it and it didn't happen. But God says, even despite all of that return to me, and I will return to you. Part of God inviting us to the table is, he's in, He's inviting us to bring the right gifts with the right heart. Coming to the altar, not having something against someone else or something against God, but he's saying, you know, take care of yourself. Ask for forgiveness, repent, turn from your ways and bring the right gifts with the right hearts question here what do you need to be cleansed from what do you need to be cleansed from this is this world we live in it's easy to become weary and, and heavy burden um, this past fall my my youngest son Isaac played on two baseball teams and a football team Uh, One baseball team plays all the way at Cocoa Head. The other one plays all the way at um, Central Oahu Regional Park. And then the football team plays in Mililani. Or before that was Salt Lake. And it's, we enjoy it, but it's so challenging. It's so tiring. Um, It's like, okay, one day we had to go from Salt Lake or Mililani to Central Oahu Regional Park and jet it all the way safely. Speed limit, no way. To uh, Cocoa Head. And their team, their team that plays the Cocoa Head, they're they're te- we're playing twelve U with some thirteen year olds in that league, and their team is ten year old ten year olds. And you see him; he's the smallest one on the team. In fact, he looked when he in left field, and he's playing left field, and they don't cut the grass. He looks like a prairie dog in left field. <laughs> Just standing up, waiting for the ball. <laughs> While that team went, we went zero and ten. We almost won three games, almost won, but we made mistakes at the worst possible time. That becomes weary when they don't get the when they don't get the signs or the signals that we practice. I don't do this thing anymore. Or all the different signals I give them wristbands with numbers, and I call one number out, and I say, "Okay, it's going to be." Or I call three numbers out, but I tell them it's going to be the first number. You know, steal, hit and run, bunt, sacrifice bunt, and all this stuff. So I said, we're going to practice this right now before the game. Okay, are you guys ready? Yeah, we're ready, coach. We're ready. Oh, coach, what's going on over there? Like, you guys got worse ADD than I do. And I'm looking with them, too. I don't know. I don't know. but So the first, first time, right before our first game, I call our numbers out. I say, okay, uh, what is 532? And they're all kind of like, I'm like, look at you guys' wristbands. They're like, oh, yeah. And then... They all say the same thing, thankfully, except for one kid. He's like, Coach, you said you was gonna say one number, yeah? I said, like, Yeah, the first number. He's like, There's no 532 on the wristband, coach it only goes up to six. And I'm like, Okay, you're batting last. But as weary as that season was, I mean, this we dealt with this stuff throughout the season. As weary as it was, there's so much joy. Like, there's so much joy because, at before and after every game, we have we have a prayer, and it's initiated by the players. They want to pray, especially this one. Katie always wants to pray, but they they do it, and you know that to me. We had a talk after. I said, "I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to sugarcoat or give you guys participation trophies because we're not about that. You guys suck," but uh, I th- I thought th- on that. And they're like, coach, maybe it's the coaching. (laughs) But they... I forgot what I was going with that now. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We talked with them after and we said, you know what? Everything we're trying to do as coaches, we realized that it's about character development. It's about getting you guys to be better people. And you know, we want you guys to know God. We want you guys to, to have a good community. They all, our whole baseball team plays football together too. So we, they're growing together. It's a good community and they all bring different things to the table. We got a fast kid that's super fast, but can't catch the ball all the time. We got a kid that's not super fast, but he can run good routes. We got a big kid that just takes up space, like, like alignment, but he, we can use him to block. And he made one of the greatest plays last week. He caught a ball two yards from the line of scrimmage and ran 40 yards for the touchdown. And you know what our team did? They ran all on the field and got a penalty, but it's all good because they're all cheering with him. They're all jumping up. They're all happy for him. Stuff like that. What I'm saying is in the weary times, we can still find times of refreshment, times of joy, and, and times of healing. And at God's table, we receive grace and healing. Next point there. At God's table, we receive grace and healing. Now, the challenge for us, too, is to go beyond the table and stand for justice and extend God's love in this weary world. Kimmy was talking about hugs earlier. And if you guys weren't here, um, they have a sign-up where you can can, uh, uh, shop for four families. And I know I shared this the last time I talked, but we see it. My kids and I see the God's grace in action in those families. Um, some of the kids are doing really well. Some passed on. But the families see the love and the aloha um, from our church. And I know we're not a big church in numbers, but we make a big impact in God's kingdom. And that is what the new pe- young people say, no cap. That is real. That is tangible evidence. Like for people who might not go to church all the time, this is such a powerful testimony that Wellspring Church is caring for the community. So I want to continue to encourage you guys, whether it's hugs or, or other um, causes, now is the time to, to go out there and and uh, make yourself available. Uh, there's I don't know if you guys heard, but there's um, a ministry called Common Grace. They go into the elementary schools and they they mentor kids as well. And what you do is you spend like a couple hours a week with a kid that's troubled. Just talk story with him or her. Play some sports with them. And they just need people to be present. Because if we don't go, who is going out there into the world? What truths are reaching out to people? Because honestly, this world is weary right now. There's so much bad things going on in this world that... People are looking for refreshment. People are looking for something to cling on to. So my challenge to everyone, myself included, is to not just be comfortable within the the confide here and take it out beyond these walls. They go to another church. They go to another church. It's all good. As long as they have someone showing them the way, someone who's going to stand for justice and extend God's love in this weary world because we have been extended grace We have been extended healing. God has loved us unconditionally despite all of our shortcomings, our flaws, despite whatever circumstances we have. I don't know about you, but I feel God's forgiveness all the time because I mess up a lot. I mess up in my family. I mess up at work. I mess up, obviously, in coaching baseball sometimes. But God God loves us. And in conclusion to this, God wants to use you as you are. He wants you to use your unique gifts to build others and to reach others as well. The other the other day, um, this time of year is really hard for me our family because my mom passed away two and a half years ago and uh, Thanksgiving was her favorite thing. Uh, my dad wasn't doing so well after she passed and they ended up losing their house in kailua that they worked all their lives for um and that house was more than just house it was a place where our whole ohana would come every thanksgiving and we would we would eat watch football the kids would play together all the cousins would come over and that was a precious time and uh Thanksgiving is a time where I truly miss my mom and my, my kids and Kimmy misses her as well. Well my sister came from the Big Island and she said, like, Oh, I got something for you. And she had a Bible that my mom had. And before my mom gave her life to the Lord, I, I bought her this Bible. And said to my mom from your only son, aka favorite kid. Um and I told her Jesus loved you and that. And sort of back in my possession now and i was just like while i was studying for um, this this passage i looked at it this whole outline from 217 to three two beyond six is all underlined and it says something like god's love is unconditional and i don't know why i'm sharing that but i i realized that 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 gift that i gave her led her to the Lord. And that person that God might want you to reach out to might be that person right next to you living in your house or or your neighbors or someone close. You you don't have to search them out all the time. They might be right there. So this season, as as we deal with, as we're going to go through a, um, a series on the weary world or weariness, let's be people that are fountains of life, that refresh, that nourish, and that that give hope and joy and peace during this time amen let us pray lord we thank you for your word thank you that that you speak to us clearly lord um, whether it's through the words on these pages or through your voice in still times or through circumstances Lord, help us to, to be sensitive to your leading, to your voice, to this time, Lord. Help us to look for victories, the little victories that that you've given us, Lord. During times of weariness and during times of doubt, God, as we come to the table, we pray that we are confronted so that we can change. We pray that we receive grace and healing as we anticipate your second coming, as we anticipate what you're going to do in us and through us. Lord, I pray that at this table that we would be motivated. We would have a holy passion to stand for justice and to extend your love to other people. God, we thank you so much for this series. Thank you for every word that was spoken by every preacher, Lord, every speaker, God. And we thank you that your word says that it does not return void. So I pray that through this series that all the seeds that were planted will grow much fruit, Lord. Will bear much fruit and good fruit, Lord. Bless us during this season. Bless those around us. To you be all the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name, amen.